Welcome to High Cheese. It's Friday, September 15th, 2023. So we've got the impeachment inquiry. Matt Gates boxed Kevin McCarthy into a corner and essentially forced him into an impeachment inquiry. He came out earlier this week and ordered an impeachment inquiry. And again, this only happened because Matt Gates forced him to. Now, the reason that Gates boxed McCarthy into a corner is because part of the condition of Kevin McCarthy becoming Speaker, he had acquiesced to a caveat that said that any Republican member of the House can call for changing the Speaker. And Matt Gates used that leverage to force Kevin McCarthy into this inquiry. Now, remember a few weeks ago, McCarthy was wavering. He was saying that, oh, I want a full vote of the House before we can uh, do this inquiry. And he, he didn't have to do that. Nancy Pelosi already set a precedent where the Speaker of the House can just order the inquiry when she went after Donald Trump. So let's just go over the chronology of events here. We've had the House Oversight Committee doing their own investigation and found a boatload of evidence. Remember the evidence? Hunter laptop, real. The email found on the laptop saying that Hunter had to give half of his salary to Joe Biden. We have an FBI confidential informant coming out and saying that he was part of a kickback scheme with Joe Biden when he was vice president. Additionally, we had Joe Biden as vice president withholding money to Ukraine because he wanted Victor Shokin fired the prosecutor that was going after Burisma, where Hunter Biden worked. That was not part of original U.S. policy. U.S. policy, as far as the bureaucrats were concerned, was Victor Shokin was fine. Nothing wrong with Victor Shokin. But at some point, Joe Biden injected himself into, into this Ukrainian policy to withhold money so Burisma and Hunter would be protected. We've got the Biden family getting money, tons of money from these LLCs for no apparent reason. We've got the money coming in from Burisma. We've got the money coming in from China. We've got Joe Biden saying that Hunter never got money from China. Well, he did. And it's all because of this investigation by the House Oversight Committee. We got Joe Biden calling in on Hunter Biden's business meetings. We've got Joe Biden meeting with Hunter Biden's clients. And we've got these LLCs, these LLCs that paid Joe Biden a ton of money, and no one knows why. And then we've got these mansions that Joe Biden lives in. And how did he buy all these mansions? Living on a senator's salary and a vice president's salary for 20, 30 years at least. Now, they made decent money, but not enough to buy four mansions. And there's so much more that's going to come out. So the next step from the House Oversight investigation, they came up with all this information, all this damning information on Joe Biden, and then we'll now take it to an impeachment inquiry. And then the next step is the actual impeachment. So we're in the inquiry phase right now. And with the inquiry phase, the House has a, a little more ability to go after Joe Biden's bank accounts, Hunter Biden's bank accounts. They can look into these LLCs a little within, with a little more detail. 
But it's just surprising how McCarthy dragged his feet on this. Who is he trying to protect? So we, here we are. And what does the White House do? The White House sends a letter out to all of the top news outlets, essentially saying, we want you to suppress this information. We want you to suppress anything that comes out of this House inquiry. We want you to undermine it. And mainstream media, they got their marching orders. And with that said, I wanted to go to a clip. CNN, they're leading the charge right now. They saw those polls that came out last week and showed Joe Biden losing to Donald Trump. So they're coming out strong. And with that said, I want to go to a clip. And CNN is interviewing Matt Gates. So let's go to this clip and then we'll come back and discuss. I mean, we do have bank records, devices, laptops, travel records, changes in administration policy. Seems like pretty strong evidence not, to me. None of which links President Biden to Well, it was uh, Joe any, Biden on the phone. None of which he was calling into the meetings. Wait, Abby, Con are you actually trying to tell your viewers that, that you don't believe that Joe Biden was involved in Hunter Biden's business deals? It's not it's a about, hard case. It's not about what I believe. It's about whether, whether there is evidence that President Biden is linked to the misdeeds that uh, might be linked to Hunter Biden. That's the issue. Uh, but I want to get come on he was he, wait hold on can you just acknowledge that when it, he calls into the business no, 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 deals no, 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 that no. he's involved this is when not, he calls into the to the dinners not about, you don't think that's involved this is, in it? first of all this is not about innuendo it's not about what i believe it's a question do you have evidence if you had evidence that joe biden was linked to uh, hunter biden's business deals in a way that is illegal we wouldn't be having this conversation you would probably have the votes for an impeachment inquiry, but you don't because well, of people I, like Ken Buck and people like Don Bacon and many others in your conference. Well, I see the evidence differently. I think that we need to, that's why we need to have the votes and have the debates and have the hearings. And again, they represent their constituents just like I represent mine. Even in my remarks on the floor today, I disclaim and acknowledge all that you're saying. But when we just bundle it up and act as if this Biden family corruption isn't happening and we're not going to do anything about it, well, then Americans of all stripes start to lose faith in the oversight capabilities of the Congress and, and really in the impeachment power that uh, gives us the, the requisite checks and balances that are necessary. Well, look, I mean, there are a lot of members who uh, worry and Republicans who worry that by starting an impeachment inquiry to try to find evidence that you probably should have before you start the inquiry, you cheapen the process. Chris Christie said something very similar this week. Oh, well, Chris Christie, uh, gosh, I, I stopped taking advice from him when on, he was, uh, when the, he was, uh, was recommending the, Christopher Ray for jobs. But on the yeah, substance but on, of on that. the substance, look, you want to talk about how long we've had the evidence? The FBI had Hunter Biden's laptop since 2019. And this is going to be the mantra of the mainstream media. No evidence. Nothing to see here. And they really look silly. When in face of all this evidence that has come out on Joe Biden, they just claim, oh, it's no evidence. And I think they look rather foolish. And I think uh, the American people are going to see through this foolishness, this misdirection of the mainstream media. And here's what angers me. We went to war in Iraq, second Iraqi war, with less evidence than what we have here with Joe Biden. Just remember that dog and pony show that Colin Powell did before the UN, where they literally drew childlike drawings of weapons of mass destruction. And I still remember that day after the meeting that Powell had with the UN. I said to myself, that's it? 
But we went to war. How many American soldiers did we kill? On less evidence. Remember they had that crazy Iraqi businessman that the American government listened to and pushed and the media pushed saying, oh yeah, I've, I've seen that. I've seen the weapons of mass destruction. I know where they are. And we went to war on that. And the media now is turning a blind eye to real good hard evidence. To pursue just an inquiry. Not an actual impeachment. Just an inquiry where they can take the next step. But some members of the deep state, some members of the bureaucracy are having second thoughts on Joe Biden. And with that said, I want to go to a clip with David Ignatius. Now, David Ignatius is a columnist for the Washington Post who is very well connected to the CIA and the national security complex. And he's calling for Biden to not run for re-election because in spite of what CNN is doing, what the mainstream media is starting to do, Ignatius is, there's not going to be a good end to this. Whether he's impeached or not, it doesn't bode well for Joe Biden. So let's go to this clip and then we'll come back and discuss. This combination of Joe Biden at the top of the ticket um, and the polls show people feel uneasy about somebody uh, who's 82 serving another four-year term. Um, that The combination of that and people's uneasiness is reflected in polls uh, about about the vice president succeeding him. Time is running out. In another month, this, this it's going to be too late to have this conversation. So uh, I, I thought before it was locked in stone, it was worth at least raising. And I want to parlay this into the Hunter Biden indictment, felony indictment on gun charges. And I said in the past, and you may want to take a look at how the DOJ treats Hunter Biden as a barometer of where the deep state is with Joe Biden. And right now, I think they're getting lukewarm on him. And these are indications. Now, remember what happened months ago that Hunter Biden was going to get a sweetheart deal and the DOJ was ready to allow Hunter Biden to plea to a gun charge that essentially would have went away in a couple of years. He had to go through some program. If he went through a certain program, the charges would have been dropped or the charges would have went away. But that's not happening now. They hit Hunter Biden with three felonies. But here's where they get cute. At the same time, they may be sending a message to Joe Biden. They're also helping him in a way because Hunter Biden has not been charged with anything relating to Joe Biden or what could touch upon Joe Biden. And what I'm talking about is his tax evasion and uh, about the money that came in from Ukraine, China. They don't, they don't want to go there because if they decide to do a deep dive into charging Hunter Biden, it's going to touch upon Joe Biden. And right now, I don't think they're ready to do that. That could all change, but they're not ready to do that yet. So I think that if you see at some point Hunter Biden getting charged regarding his taxes, I would make a clear assumption that the deep state's really not with Joe Biden. So we shall see. 
Okay, I want to read an article here. It's off the Fox website. And the headline says, Biden administration violated First Amendment over COVID-19 content on social media, Court of Appeals rules. It says the Biden administration ran afoul of the First Amendment by trying to pressure social media platforms over controversial COVID-19 content. The ruling stems from a Louisiana lawsuit that accuses the Biden administration of threatening platforms like X, formerly Twitter, and Facebook with antitrust lawsuits or changes to federal law that protect their liability and of silencing conservative voices. The ruling said that the administration coerced the platforms to make their moderation decisions by way of intimidating messages and threats of adverse consequences. Now, if you remember, the uh, Biden administration was contacting Twitter, Facebook, similar platforms into taking content down that was contrary to their COVID-19 position and vaccine positions. So, for example, if somebody put up on Twitter that, well, the vaccine's not safe, the Biden administration would put pressure on Twitter, Facebook to take that down, and they would threaten them with changing laws that would hurt Twitter and Facebook if they didn't listen to the Biden administration. And with that said, the Biden administration just come out with a new COVID vaccine. And the administration is recommending these vaccines for every American six months old and up. And I want to read an op-ed piece here. It's by Marty McCary and Tracy Beth Hogue. And the headline says, the real data behind the new COVID vaccines the White House is pushing. And it says here, what if I told you one in 50 people who took a new medication had a medically attended adverse event and the manufacturer refused to disclose what exactly the complication was? Would you take it? And what if the theoretical benefit was only transient, lasting only about three months, after which your susceptibility goes back to baseline. And what if the FDA cleared it without any human outcome data? And then McCary goes on today that the White House is really pushing this hard. That former White House COVID coordinator, Dr. Ashish Jha, and CDC head Mindy Cohen are making unsupportive claims about the new vaccine, that it reduces hospitalizations, long COVID, and the likelihood that you would spread COVID. But none of these claims has a shred of scientific support. The questions surrounding Moderna's new COVID vaccine approved this week are still looming. And they want six-month-old people to take this. Six-month-old babies. Now, Pfizer has also come out with their new vaccine. And McCary goes on to say Pfizer's version, approved this week as well, also has zero efficacy data and has not been tested on humans at all. We only have data about antibody production from 10 mice. The public has a right to know. The last time the Biden administration approved and recommended a novel COVID booster last fall with no human outcomes data, it was an epic fail. Only 17% of Americans took it. And some of the people were forced to do so by their employers or school. Not foreseeing such weak public support for the booster last year, the Biden administration had prepaid pharma $4.9 billion 
for 171 million doses, many of which were tossed into the wastebasket. Now it is making the same mistake. What's the definition of stupidity? Two weeks ago, the Biden administration upped its order for the pediatric version of the new COVID vaccine from 14.5 million doses and 1.3 billion to 20 billion doses for $1.7 billion, which was more than four times as many pediatric doses as were used last year. Listen, those of you who have kids, read this article. And if school systems and if doctors are trying to force this on your children, Stick this right in their face. America is tired of political apologists as medical experts. They want the truth. Pfizer made $100 billion during the pandemic. It can afford to fund a randomized trial to demonstrate to the American people the new booster is effective. That's the scientific process. Not the process that Pfizer and Moderna are going through to give us this latest COVID vaccine. And he goes on to say, let's be honest, follow-up studies of COVID vaccines in general have revealed a disappointing truth, mild efficacy against infection lasting just a few months. It is time for the FDA to resume its role as a regulator and not be the marketing department for Pfizer and Moderna. It is also worth noting that the CDC's new recommendation ignores natural immunity, which means many schools will do the same. Now, what happens with these school systems, they like to refer to CDC's recommendation for their students. So McCary says, a February Lancet review of 65 studies concluded natural immunity is at least as good as vaccinated immunity and probably better. So if a college student had COVID a few months ago, the CDC wants him or her to get a new shot anyway. But the correct scientific answer is the risk is expected to outweigh the benefit. Oh, and by the way, I'm sure YouTube is going to take me down over this. They've already shadow banned me. So if you can't find me on YouTube, uh, just go to another platform of mine. Well, getting back to McCary and the COVID vaccine, McCary says another study published last year in the medical journal Vaccine estimated the rate of serious adverse events to be as high as 1 in 556 COVID vaccine recipients. And for young people, the incidence of myocarditis is 6 to 28 times higher after the vaccine than after infection, even for females, according to a 2022 JAMA cardiology study. So essentially what McCary is saying, and I hope it got through to you, that these new COVID vaccines haven't been tested There's no scientific cornerstone on why the the Biden administration is pushing new boosters. And the risk of these vaccines could outweigh any benefits to the recipient, particularly if you're younger. But we've known this for a long time. McCary's known this for a long time. Dr. Malone has known this for a long time, but not the Biden administration. So McCary just sums it up. He said, pushing a new COVID vaccine without human outcome data makes a mockery of scientific method and our regulatory process. In fact, why have an FDA if White House doctors can simply declare a drug to be safe after discussing secret data in private meetings with Big Pharma? Remember, I go back to what McCary said. Only 17% of people got the booster 
because they've lost faith in the administration. They've lost faith in the ability of the government to tell the truth. So we shall see. So inflation numbers came out this week, and uh, guess what? Inflation was up. And I won't bore you with too many of the numbers, but on Wednesday, the CPI came out. It was up over the previous month. Of course, CPI was up over the previous month. CPI year over year was up. And core CPI met its expectation. Then on Thursday, the PPI came out. That was higher than the previous month. And the core PPI was higher than the previous month. And to add on to this, oil finished over $90 per barrel for the first time this year. And I don't know if uh, you noticed, I noticed that here in New Jersey, the gas prices have gone up quite a bit. Gas station right around the corner from me is at uh, 375, 380 a gallon. Now, with oil at a year's high right now, you can expect those prices to go up at the gas pump, everything the same. And just think about this. It was only three years ago that we had $1.99 per gallon gasoline. And that was because the Trump administration allowed our oil industry to pump oil and not throw impediments in the way of the ability of our oil companies to pump oil. It's as simple as that. And Biden's going around this week talking about Bidenomics. Well, Bidenomics does not work. You need oil. You need cheap oil. Cheap oil is a way for, and and this is what these environmentalists don't want to take a look at. The easiest way to bring the economies of third world countries up is to give them cheap energy, cheap oil. That's what helps these poverty-stricken countries get out of their morass. And this is what the Biden administration doesn't get. This is what these leftists don't get. Cheap oil helps bring people out of poverty, whether it's in the United States or whether it's in Africa, Asia, cheap oil, cheap gas brings them out of poverty. Not alternate fuels, not alternate energy that's expensive. It's oil. But they just disregard it because it doesn't meet their goals. And again, they don't care. They don't care about these third world countries. They don't care about bringing them out of poverty. They just want to push their own agenda. Just the way they want to push their own agenda on us. They don't care about high inflation because they're not affected by it. The only way they're affected by it because it hurts them in the voting booth. That's the only reason they address it. But they couldn't care less. Their, their agenda is to kill oil and to hurt every, anybody that is in their path. And that's Bidenomics for you. High oil, high inflation, and push a green agenda. Well, it's not working, Joe. So this just came in. Special Counsel Jack Smith on Friday asked a federal judge to bar former President Donald Trump from publicly discussing the testimony and credibility of potential witnesses or the evidence in his federal elections interference trial in D.C. The request came in the form of a motion that laid out many of the 2024 Republican presidential frontrunners' most aggressive social media posts in recent months. That included posts where Trump took aim at likely witnesses, including former Vice President Mike Pence, as well as the judge presiding over the case and the U.S. attorneys prosecuting him. Well, this is election interference. It's it's an in- incremental thing that they're playing here. They want to 
push it, push it, push it, where Donald Trump cannot even talk about anything. And how can a candidate run for president of the United States when he can't talk about anything, particularly big issues that affect his campaign? He doesn't want Donald Trump to talk about Mike Pence. Does Jack Smith realize that Mike Pence is an opponent of his? He's running against Donald Trump. And Jack Smith wants to muzzle Donald Trump. He doesn't want Donald Trump talking about Mike Pence, an opponent of Donald Trump. Now, that's not election interference. Says here, and this is taken from CNBC, the defendant knows that when he publicly attacks individuals and institutions, he inspires others to perpetrate threats and harassment against his targets, the prosecutor wrote. Since he was indicted, they wrote, Trump has spread disparaging inflammatory posts on Truth Social on a near daily basis regarding the citizens of the District of Columbia, the court, the prosecutors, and prospective witnesses. So he can't talk about D.C.? He can't talk about citizens of D.C.? He can't talk about him not getting a fair trial in D.C. where 95 or 96% of the people voted for Joe Biden? And another poll recently came out that said that well over a majority of D.C. residents thought Trump was guilty. But Trump can't talk about that, according to Jack Smith. And then he went on to cite an individual was arrested because she called the court's chambers and made racist death threats to the courts that were tied to the court's role in presiding over Trump's case. Yeah, I I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. It was likely some operative that the DNC paid to do this. The only solution, Smith said, was for the U.S. District Court Judge Tanya Chutkin to issue an order withholding Trump from talking about the merits of the case or the evidence of the case. So essentially, Jack Smith does not want Trump talking about anything. And you talk about election interference. But see, people see through this. But Trump did get some good news. Uh, down in Atlanta, Fannie Willis wanted to try Trump and his 18 co-conspirators at the same time. But a judge came in and said, no, nah, you can't do that. They're going to be tried separately. And all Fannie Willis was looking to do was just get the optics. They wanted to get the optics of Trump and all these people. See, it's a conspiracy. All of them together, they conspired. Just to get the pictures, just to get give something for the media to spread out there. Well, that's not going to happen. So we shall see. So let me talk a little bit about this uh, UAW strike in Detroit and how the Biden green energy policy has really screwed this up. Now we've got the wage issue with between management and the worker and you know, they're both at extremes right now. And I don't want to talk about that because I think they'll come to some kind of um, reasonable conclusion on this. I think uh, the workers want a 40% pay increase, I think over four or five years, as well as reducing hours from 40 hours per week to 32 hours per week, but uh, still getting paid for 40. While management is offering 10% over four or five years, plus a $6,000 bonus, which isn't much either. So I think they'll come to some kind of realistic 
medium point where they can all agree on salaries and hours and whether they go back to a defined benefit pension. But the key thing here is what Biden's green energy legislation has done to these union workers because of all these subsidies that Biden is giving these companies and pushing for electric vehicles. The companies want to produce more electric vehicles, even though I think it's a bad decision because I've covered the fiasco with the electric F-150 where people can't drive them long distances because there aren't any charging stations and the ones that you have just don't work well and the charges don't work well. But Biden is pushing these companies to, oh, you got you to gotta go electric, got to go electric. And I'm not against electric vehicles, but it's a niche market right now. And Biden shouldn't force this on the people. But you have to let a niche market grow. You just can't demand that this happens. And that's why capitalism works best when you allow certain products to grow without the government coming in and demanding that it happens. And that's the problem right now. And what happens is the workers take a look at what goes into making an electric car and say, well, wait a second, this is costing us jobs. Because building an electric vehicle takes less labor than building a, a gas combustion vehicle. And not only that, is these batteries and the raw material for these batteries can be produced overseas. And the raw material comes from overseas. So when you take a step back on what the production of an electric vehicle does for the UAW worker, it doesn't help them because it's less jobs for them. And like I said, for two reasons, because the manufacturing of an electric vehicle is less labor intensive and the big batteries are likely going to be built overseas. Biden's going to throw some bones and he's going to talk about, well, we're, we're building some electric uh, battery manufacturing here. But the problem that the union has is that the, the wages those people are being paid to manufacture batteries here are much less than the standard pay of an auto worker in Detroit. But that's just some bones because the bulk of this probably is going to go overseas. The battery is going to be manufactured in China, be shipped over here. And then the net result is American workers being put out of jobs. And that's what I think the union's trying to negotiate. Look, I don't think they're against EVs. But they want to be able to transition. They want to see what the plan is. Are they going to wake up in two years and no more gas engines here, only EVs? And then they turn around and lay off a third of the workforce. And then they start shipping in batteries from China, for example. So this all has to be rehashed. And this is the problem that Biden created because he has pumped all these subsidies for these EVs. And what happens when you pump so much money into these CVs, you skew the market. The market is skewed. EVs aren't being built because of demand. EVs are being built because the government is subsidizing these EVs at the expense of the American worker. And what's the net benefit here? you got a ton of taxpayers' money, yours and my money, being used to skew the automotive industry. And it's one of these cases where these left-wing Democrats, they love to pick and choose the winners and losers. And I think it's a bad move by the corporations to jump headfirst into the EVs when they know that there's no charging stations out there to cover electric vehicles. 
They don't know how people are going to respond to EVs. But they're just jumping into it at first. All because of that Biden money coming in. So this whole thing is much more than just dollars and cents with the UAW worker versus Ford, GM, and Stellantis. Because this EV decision could be a disaster for these companies. If, if these Detroit companies want to go headfirst into EVs, I, I think it's a big mistake. And the workers are going to pay the price for this. And Biden's in a no-win situation. He's created this. He calls himself Scranton Joe, blue-collar Joe. Well, he's screwing the worker right now because of his policies. So we shall see. And with that said, thank you so much for listening. You have a good week, and I will talk to you next Saturday.